Hi, I'm Darian Jenkins. You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries. Good evening, Susie. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? Doing a little bit better right now because before we started recording, I was coughing up a lung because I'm getting <laughs> horrible. I'm getting old and I'm falling apart, but I'm doing fine now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Jacob survived the great cough fit yeah. of 2019. Yeah, at least one part of it. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. A lot to talk about, obviously, with uh, NWSL action as well as World Cup. And then we are back with another interview featuring a Rain FC player. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But first, let us talk about Rain FC and their win at Chicago Red Stars on Sunday, which in all time is only their second win against the Red Stars at, at, a, at a Red Stars field. Isn't that wild? It's been so hard to play them there. And I think every match, or at least two of the matches last season, were like 0-0 draws against the Red Stars. So mm-hmm. um, nice to finally get actually three points against them. Yeah, it's pretty much a common theme amongst NWSL home teams as well. Home, home field advantage is very much a real thing in the NWSL, uh, which the home team rarely loses uh, at home. And it's as much a testament to how good um, of a system Rory Dames has down there in Chicago for them. But yeah, in the absence of uh, World Cup players affecting um, all teams in NWSL, it seems like this past weekend, Rain was the one that was best equipped or at least best able to handle the absences. Yeah, despite the fact that they had 16 actually... 17 players unavailable because Morgan Andrews was a late scratch for the game, mm-hmm. um, which is enough to field almost a full 18, which is just wild to think about that they had all those players unavailable, but it still looked like the rain that we've come to expect uh, mm-hmm. this season. And in fact, one of their like more complete performances of the year. Yeah. Um, also, just to uh, squash that rumor, you were not asked to get on a plane at an emergency start over to Chicago, right? I didn't get the call. I think um, I was I was on standby, but no call. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was a complete performance by the rain. I think the standouts for you and I were goalkeeper Casey Murphy when we're learning week to week that she can very much uh, handle um, the duties of being right now the first choice goalkeeper. And probably even when Lydia Williams returns from uh, her World Cup commitments, or at least post-World Cup commitments, um, yeah, it's it's really uh, great to see that um, Murphy's been able to just slot in there uh, basically on an emergency notice and just picking it up very well, being able to establish a rapport with the back line. Obviously, it helps when you have an established veteran back line uh, helmed by Lauren Barnes, that everything's just moving along pretty well between her, Megan Oyster, Teresa Nielsen, and Steph Cox again, going 90 minutes. I know. 
Yeah, I've been super impressed by Murphy. It's not easy at all to show up and immediately have to start as a goalkeeper mm-hmm. on a new team. And she just looks so confident. And I haven't had one thing to nitpick about any of her game. It's been super impressive how lucky we are to get her um, a player like her even before we needed we knew we needed a player like her. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's We've been super lucky there. Yeah. And then moving up the rest of the field, I mean, obviously, Fishlock's arrival has sparked um, a lot more energy and a lot more uh, options for the attacking front because opposing teams have to respect what Jess Fishlock can do in this league. I mean, it's amazing for all the amount of soccer she's played ever since we got to know her in 2013. It's still unlimited energy just box to box creating havoc you know everywhere yeah I think having her higher up the field to be able to help with the press is was you saw it against Chicago that she's um able to help break up play but then be so much more connected in the attack and um we've mentioned her already in previous conversations but I just think Bevianas has been fantastic behind Fishlock Yes. Um, she had, once again, she had 12 tackles this match. Um, I don't know how Opta, the stats keepers, track tackles, but that's a ton. And she's just so crucial in breaking up that play behind Fishlock. And I don't know that um, a player like Jess would have as many touches on the ball or opportunities higher up the field if it wasn't for a player like Bev behind her. And to Chicago's credit, they looked pretty good um, on Sunday. Is A lot of it because of the instant addition of Savannah McCaskill, who they got from the trade with Sky Blue. But yeah, she was, uh, they were looking pretty, they had some nice uh, shots, uh, you know, in terms of threatening Rain FC defense. Yeah, I felt like she was definitely their most threatening player for sure. And um, I didn't expect her to, have, to get the start um, so soon after getting traded, but didn't look like it affected her at all. She was, she was really strong. I think what the rain did so much better this game was they slowed it down enough and to and kept possession in a way that might I don't know might feel like they were lulling you lulling Chicago not looking super threatening mm-hmm. in the attack but they were keeping the ball and finding those pockets and opportunities and um, got some good chances through Ifeoma Anumanu um, and Fishlock and the fact that they dominated possession, they actually managed way f- a lot fewer crosses than they have in previous matches. It just meant that they were finding the seams in other places, which uh, was nice to see. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the other standout for the match was definitely uh, Onomanu, and she rightfully deserved to win NWSL Player of the Week honors uh, because of her performance. Yeah, she had the shot in the 32nd minute that – Really looked, it was going to burn the back of the net, but of course, it was just a little bit too high. Hits the dang crossbar, the darn crossbar. Yeah, but then you know, it it the patience uh, game that Rain FC played did pay off in the 81st minute. You know, Anomanu makes that run, little shake and bake into the box, passes it to Jess, takes a little bit of a deflection off Katie Naughton, but still enough. Uh, Jess was still able to catch it, do a little uh, pirouette, shoot. There's your match winner. You know, with Anumanu, I, she just looks, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but she just looks like a totally different player um, under Vladko, and it's just super exciting to see a player who got waived 
have just like a new, a totally new life, a new opportunity. Um, that's what this World Cup break is making possible. Um, so super cool. I'm thrilled that she had such a good performance and was rewarded for it. Yeah, it's something that we see in sports often is that sometimes a player just needs to change the scenery. Mm-hmm. It's another a new set of eyes to look at what they can bring to the table and then says, well, let's do it a little bit differently. And then it, it all just clicks for somebody. And then on Amano's case, it has. Because the past couple of times, she's usually just come off the bench like around like halfway through the second half. But it's fresh energy off the bench. Then if you count in Sunday's uh, start and uh, the match before, you know, it's her second straight start. You're just getting to see a full body of work over over a 90 minute span and yeah you can tell that like you said perhaps it is just a change of scenery that's uh, working for like everything's coming together and we're seeing what you can bring to the table yep yeah so if they can play that same style and game um on this four game road trip uh they're going to be setting themselves really up really well for when they're um all of their world cup players come back so yeah, if the if the results keep going to their favor, where they're collecting, you know, it's still a little, little early, but if they collect plenty of points from these four matches, uh, four matches on the road, it then sets up, you know, I think the ideal window that Flatko and Lofsky wants, where he gets the World Cup players, but he can ease them into the mix without necessarily saying, okay, we need you to go right now because we gotta catch up and make up some points yeah yeah it'll be nice to give them proper mental physical rest for sure yeah and i'm sure and that's pretty i'd like to think that is the mo for all the teams in the league where as they get their world cup players back you know hopefully it's under the circumstances look okay we don't need you right now to make up the points that we dropped you know back in june and uh early july it's just uh, take as much time as you want to get back physically, but also mentally, because we know there's uh, a hangover from, you know, losing in the World Cup, maybe early, or exiting the World Cup earlier than you thought you, uh, you wanted. So, and then again, we're seeing that some players are already back with their NWSL squads in training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Zealand, Brazil, um those uh i know those are two where a lot of the players have already rejoined their teams yeah which you know only they um you know their coaches and their staff that have worked with them every day and closest to them can you know say okay the player tells us yeah i'm fine i just want to keep on working don't want to dwell on you know the early world cup exit just keep on going for some players that's what uh, works best for them yep Whatever, you got to do what's right for the player. Yep. And speaking of the World Cup, so the quarterfinal stage is set. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we've gotten here. Yeah. Um, Just a little bit on the very last round of 16 match that we had between Netherlands and Japan. That was actually a fun match because it was all fluid. There wasn't, uh, from what I can recall, any crazy – referee stoppages or anything by VAR that like kind of killed the buzz and just became another talking point for all the problems that have gone on with video review technology being uh, used as a guinea pig at the Women's World Cup. The Netherlands-Japan match was a lot of fun. 
the goal that Japan scored to equalize. Oh, so good. Oh, that was poetry. I I was really feeling like if Japan won this game, they had a really good shot because they've been really working themselves into this tournament. Yeah. And today's um, the match against the Netherlands, like you've got to see so much of the beauty of Japan football, soccer mm-hmm. in action. Um, and it was just, they've struggled for the last two years. So it was just such a nice, just nice feeling to see Japan way, play the way we know they can. Yeah. Um, and the, it, I mean, it wasn't a controversial call by video review standards, but mm-hmm. the handball that led to Netherlands' final penalty in the waning moments of the game um, is just these annoying handball calls where you're like, was the arm really that far away from the body? And yeah. just a bummer of a way to go out. Mm-hmm. But Japan has to be so excited about the olympics next year since they're hosting them because oh yeah they they could put on a pretty good show yeah i would say based on what we saw from them in the match against the netherlands you got to consider japan to be a a favorite in the olympic games yeah yeah i'm pretty excited for that so we'll make our predictions about the quarterfinal matches later on in the podcast but um anything you'd like to talk about regarding the united states and their match against Spain that they I just am really nervous about (laughs) this this will be part of our predictions coming up but I'm really nervous about this France game because I think we saw a little bit more of the U.S. struggling against a more organized team for the first Mm -hmm. time and it was by no means a convincing win but but they won so um hopefully they take a lot of lessons from this one and um apply it against France yeah they looked exactly what your concern was in the group stages where they got an easy group stage let's be honest and it's not because you know they were just drawn into that group they had no yeah call and say to give us you know two weak teams and sweden but yeah they looked exactly what your concern was a team that was not tested until really the third the final group stage match and then spain to their credit came out that box swinging mm-hmm. yeah Spain did everything they could to to keep it close. So yeah, and that game was not that far away from being a completely different game if it wasn't for you know that second penalty call. Was really yeah, soft. as much as it was it was accurate, the right call, but it was also really soft. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, U.S. just did not look good. Everybody knows it. The players admitted to it. They you know they got lucky. Yeah, I think we'll see some rotation probably for the France game, or at least I would hope so if I were Jill Ellis, but I'm not Jill Ellis, so. <laughs> but you could be. A lot of people could be Jill Ellis, but that's another topic. Oh, that's a longer discussion that we can spend a good amount of time on, especially if we invite some of our immediate colleague friends. Yeah. <laughs> but after the break, you will listen to, like we promised at the start, an interview with a Rain FC player. This week we interviewed Rain FC forward Darian Jenkins. And so after the break, you'll listen to that. We are here with Rain FC forward Darian Jenkins. Darian, good evening. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? We're doing fine. Darian, we just got to, I know you've been recovering from an injury, but we just got to see um, a really last minute 
victory for the rain on the road against Chicago. Um, as someone who had to watch um, from afar, what was your over overall reaction to that match? Um, so happy that we won on the road. Uh, it was a really good game. I think that's probably our best game that we played. You know, like we kept the ball a lot more. We were moving it around. Um, kind of conserved our energy for the attack and not so much such a transition game, um, which is definitely more our style. So it was nice that we, you know, things are coming together and we really executed it well. And we had a lot of opportunities, which is great. And Efi and um, Efi played so well. I'm so glad that she got that assist and um, well deserved as player of the week. And same with Jess, she's really changed our game as she's come back and joined us. And speaking of the fact that you've been out uh, the past couple of games, um, overall, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel great. I actually sprinted yesterday for the first time in two weeks and felt good. So I'm in a full session tomorrow and hopefully good for Utah this weekend. That's very good to hear. Yeah, for folks that um, may not know as much about your playing history, I know you suffered a um, pretty significant injury at the end of your UCLA career. Uh, that had that had you sitting out the first season of the NWSL. How did I? I know that that um, Jacob has mentioned in the past that injuries can be harder mentally mentally than they are often physically to recover from. Uh, I feel like did you did you take anything away from that experience? Just um, experiencing another smaller, luckily, injury setback this time around. Um, yeah, well, with that, it definitely made me, like, I've always been obsessed with soccer, but having to sit out, like, a year and a half really kind of showed me how much I love soccer and mm -hmm. made me appreciate it in a new light. You know, I just watched it as much as I possibly could, and, um, you know, I've had to change my game a little bit since that injury. I'm not as, I'm still fast, but not as fast as I was in college, and um, it's definitely made me have to up my technical game which I appreciate I mean good things have come out of that and you know same with my hamstring injury it's definitely made me I think I've entered a new phase in my career um and I'm having to take care of my body in ways that I didn't used to even think about which you know is like ice bathing every day make sure I'm doing recovery um eating better you know little things that I just are even sleeping more I never really thought of as a big deal but it really is so yeah the hamstring injuries that have been recurring really do suck um but yeah it's made me change you know made me a little bit more professional I guess you could say well it's funny you say you feel like you're not as fast because Jacob and I both remember um your first I think it was the first um goal we had seen you score which was in the preseason where you made a run from like your defensive 18 uh, to score her goal. So, and we were like, wow, she's very fast. So we still have a lot of that. Thank you. <laughs> so let's go back to this past off season where you're part of the North Carolina Courage where you get a medal for winning the NWCL championship, but then you get the call that you've been traded to Rain FC. It's kind of like a two-part question, but what was your initial reaction to getting that call that you've been traded to Rain FC? And then also within that context, how did you feel about about it, knowing that you were basically coveted as some as like a key offseason acquisition for uh, Black Lindonovsky? Um, so to answer the first part of your question, I was happy actually because I initiated the trade. Okay. Um, yeah, I was 
I was happy in North Carolina. Like, obviously, I was fortunate. They, I was shocked that they even drafted me. You know, I went to the draft in a boot. Um, so I was really fortunate, and I grew a lot. Like, Paul's such a great coach, and, you know, it's one of my favorite teams I've ever played with. I'm such good friends with a lot of the girls that are still there. Mm-hmm. But I just needed to go to a place that had a little more opportunity for me. Um, you know, obviously, being out for a while, I just needed to play in games and – yeah, just just all around more opportunity. And Seattle is actually, well, now Tacoma is the team that I wanted to come to. Um, I'd heard so many good things about Vladko and him just being a player's coach and just a good person and really wanting to develop the like individual players' games as well as the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was ecstatic when I had heard that. I was actually planning to go to Sweden three days after I had gotten the call that I'd been traded. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> and based on what you'd heard from other players about uh, Vladko's pedigree, has it lived up or exceeded um, what you, um, you know, thought and heard uh, before the season started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a, He really is a player's coach, and I don't know if I've had a coach really like that that's you know, so in tune with how the team is feeling and has really cared about the periodization aspect. And um, yeah, he's, he's really great. And he's also, I don't think I've had a coach that's as tactical as he is, you know, it's a completely different style than I'm used to playing, you know, like with my speed and me playing up top, it's typically I'm looked at as like being super direct and Mm -hmm. which I still am, but I think the way that he coaches and his style of play is much much more tactical and we possess the ball and you know break teams down that way um it's definitely added a lot to my game and yeah I'm loving it here have you shift how you think about the defensive side of the game because one thing we know is Blackco loves defense um (laughs) has it changed has it changed how you kind of think about your role even from a defensive standpoint um Yes, the thing is in North Carolina, you know, that style is like very quick transition, you know, high press defensively, which uh, Paul and Vladko are similar in that aspect. Um, So yes and no, I think I understand, I think because I have a bigger role on this team, I definitely understand, you know, being a starter when I'm not injured, being a starter, um, the game plan behind why I'm forcing a certain way and all of these tactical things that I never really thought of before. So you got a little taste of what it was like to win um, championships in your, was it your first year at UCLA? Yeah, my freshman year. Yeah. Um, And I think you played with a few now Rain FC players, right? During your time there? Yeah, Megan. (laughs) Megan and Taylor. Yeah. Uh, What was, what was, um, I'm going to ask another two-part question, which was, what was your overall college experience life like we'll put the injury aside so I'm sure you don't want to dwell on that and um when did you sort of realize that professional soccer was a real option for you um well I loved college I wish I could relive it it was so fun (laughs) um uh and the second part of your question was sorry no worries. Uh, when I know we shouldn't ask two-part questions. Um, <laughs> when did you really see professional soccer as an option for you? 
Um, I think I talked about it with my coaching staff and, you know, having, I'm so fortunate that I played with the players that I did at um, UCLA, you know, like looking at my freshman and junior year, it's pretty amazing. I think like out of that class, what there's like 12 or 11 or 12 of us playing in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, always being motivated to practice to want to be better and, you know, just like having these people around me that I look up to. Um, not just in soccer, but just as friends. Um, and then seeing them go off and play pro and come back, I think that's really what kind of planted that seed. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually something attainable. Um, so, yeah, I think they're probably the really what inspired me to kind of take it to the next level. So you mentioned that you love college and you wish we could go back. And one thing we learned from our conversation with Shay and JC is that you also love to read books. <laughs> what did they say? Well, they said you were sort of the inspiration and the person who ultimately organized the book club. And <laughs> that Shay made a joke about her not realizing she had to come back 10 days later or whatever, having read the book. <laughs> uh, do you have any book recommendations for people who may be li- listening? Oh my gosh, that's tough. There's so many. Um, <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about this too. Let's see. I read um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins last year, and I loved that. I just read Michelle Obama's book. That was mm, great. Yeah. Um, let me think. There's one I keep telling people. We'll just stick with those two for now. It'll come to me. Cool. Those are great. When uh, we were talking with JC and Shay, uh, they were saying that the, cur- the book at the time you guys were reading was Lord of the flies are you guys still on that book or have you guys moved on to something no that was a pretty unpopular one (laughs) (laughs) but everyone voted on it though (laughs) um no we've actually moved on we had our book club last week good discussion from it though i think like maybe a third of the group had actually finished the book (laughs) um we're on to uh when breath becomes air okay yeah, it's, I can't remember the exact synopsis of it, but it's, I think it's about a doctor that um, gets diagnosed with cancer and then, you know, kind of finds his way into faith. And it's a really cool story. I think some of the team is already halfway through the book. Oh, wow. Yeah, as, so we, as we were saying before, Lord of the Flies, you guys have chosen some really heavy books in the past. I know. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, well, good discussions come from them. So it ends up being good. It's fun. So when um, Shay and Jay were talking about the book club and how, as Susie mentioned, Shay didn't realize that you, she had to finish the book. And so she quit a uh, book club, but then JC convinced her to get back into the book club. Did she, did you make her do any sort of like comeuppance for um, the fact that she bailed on the book club before she could actually be back in no I actually didn't even know until we had book club and like three people had said that and I was like what this is the first one but it's pretty funny actually when I said I think the first book we read educated and I gave us like three weeks to read it Mm -hmm. and um I like put the date in our group message and someone was like so how much of the book are we supposed to have read I was like (laughs) all of it (laughs) Not everyone reads books as much as you, it sounds like. <laughs> we, have, we have, like, some time, so I'm like, you guys should be able to read it. <laughs> Looking forward to this week. So we're recording on a Wednesday evening. 
you guys are traveling uh, down to Utah to take on Utah Royals on Friday night. What do you think um, are the factor or factors that uh, the team needs to do to go into Utah and walk away with three points? I think we just need to keep the momentum we had from the last game. You know, that was one of the few games where I feel like we've really played as cohesive as we work at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Utah sits in a lower block. So I think breaking them down with our possession, you know, getting able to get between the lines and, you know, have Efi and our forwards going 1v1 at their outside backs, you know, dribbling and um, getting in for crosses. I think just kind of picking back onto what we did last week and continuing that. How, um, I just building off of that, I think one thing that fans have been super impressed by is you all are suffering from quite a few injuries and international departures that you could build an entire team with the players missing last week and have subs left to go. But <laughs> what does it say just about your team's character that it's kind of like any person up and stepping in and really filling in those roles to get three hard points on the road? Yeah, I mean, that just shows the depth of our team and how hard we work. You know, credit to Vladko. He's dealt with so many adversity, <laughs> adversities and, you know, we're still pulling out results and it's great. Um, yeah, and it's a great opportunity, you know, for a lot of players that wouldn't normally get looks. And, you know, Efi has such a cool story and she's a really good friend of mine. And I, we were all so happy that, you know, she came in and did so well against Chicago and was able to shake and bake and get that assist and mm -hmm. almost a goal. So, yeah, I just think it's a great opportunity and a credit to all the players that are able to, you know, fill into those spots and really show up and show how much depth we have. And one of the reasons that some players are missing is this small little tournament called the World Cup. <laughs> um, we heard that you're all, your team, um, you all had a draw for um, a country draw. Which country did you did you happen to draw? They I got Chile. Oh. We didn't make it <laughs> Fantastic goalkeeper performance, though. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to some fun questions, Jacob? Not that yeah. these questions weren't fun, but... Yes, we should. <laughs> Darren, it is match day. You are in charge of the match day playlist to get everyone else amped up. What are three songs you put on that playlist? Ooh, that's funny because I actually just made our playlist for our locker room. <laughs> Let's see. Probably some Missy Elliott, anything Missy Elliott. Yeah. Travis Scott. <laughs> Let's see. And some loud luxury. I like some dance music. Fun. <laughs> Speaking of Missy. I love, to, I love to dance in the locker room, so I was like, I'll make it. <laughs> okay, so who's the best um, fellow dancers in the locker room? Ooh, Taylor Smith always dances with me. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of music, um... Darian, a little birdie told us that you attended a 90s night party. Uh, how many songs did you recognize? Oh my gosh, I'm dying to know who told you that. <laughs> we do not reveal our sources. Um, I think I knew pretty much all of them. I knew like people were shocked. I knew Gangster's Paradise, but I know all of those words. <laughs> <laughs> that one kind of stands the test of time a little bit. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> Next question. So if a movie was going to be made about your life and playing career, who would you want to play you? Probably Beyonce or Michelle Obama. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Someone epic. Both really solid choices. 
Um, I have a question that we actually haven't asked as much this season, but we asked players last season and since we didn't get you on um obviously last season let's pretend a magic genie shows up and um says i can make one aspect of your game better for the rest of your soccer career which would you choose the ability to make the perfect pass no matter the distance or the ability to slide tackle without ever getting called for a foul oh make the perfect pass Mm. I feel like attackers choose that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we asked Bev uh, Yanez that last year, and she cheated and said, you know, perfect pass, because I could just pass it straight to the goal. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Those, <laughs> those happen in the NWSL a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like Susie and I, when we were, we were sitting there, when she said that, I was like, that is some, like, that is some next level thinking. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> okay. This question has gotten some really passionate responses amongst your teammates that we've had the fortunate of asking so far. Where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't like pineapple and to think of it like with cheese and red sauce just sounds pretty gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not about it. What are you guys? I'm, I like pineapple on pizza, uh, but I don't, I don't have like strong opinions about people who don't, though your teammates do. Yeah. Do they? So we, when we asked Jess that, she said, no, I don't get it. And we figured she would be the most emphatic of all, all players on that. But then we asked JC and she basically screamed it to the top of her lungs. <laughs> That does not surprise me. She said it so loud that like Shade basically snuck in her answer, which was like, I don't like it, but I'm not as passionate about it as you are. (laughs) JC is very passionate. (laughs) Uh, Back to a music question. So when we were talking with Jess and when when he asked her the question about what songs would she put on the Match Day playlist, she went off into this little side story about how one day at training, somebody started playing some heavy rock. She said it might have been Metallica. She wasn't sure what it was, but she just was not having any of it. She happened to know who was playing it because it seems to be something of a mystery that Susie and I kind of need to find an answer to. Oh, I do. I can't out the person. Oh. <laughs> I can't. But now I know Jess is who told you that I was at 90s <laughs> Hey, we don't we don't reveal our sources. Oh, that's okay. I put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> that college education, <laughs> that English degree. That's a little <laughs> all right. Well, at least we can tell Jess she knows who to talk to <laughs> to solve the Metallica question. Yes, yeah, she made it clear. No more Metallica in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, when we asked Bethany Balser the same uh, question, she wasn't uh, sure like what uh, song she would put on the playlist, but she was um, thinking about possibly dropping in some high school musical just to see if there's a closet high school musical fan amongst the team. Oh, you know what? I'm sure there is, but as long as I'm in charge of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> We've not, 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 one on down. not on game day. <laughs> Sounds like you want something that's a little easier to to dance to. Yeah. Yeah. Does your authority over the playlist apply to just home matches or also on the road? I don't really know. 
I, I don't know about on the road because I only made it when we've had we had like a streak of home games so mm. I haven't traveled mm-hmm. but I wonder I don't know who was in charge of it then actually yeah. and speaking of the streak of home matches that uh the team had uh not too long ago how are you enjoying uh Tacoma in the greater Puget Sound area um I love it people are so nice here I still can't get over it <laughs> like everybody says have a nice day or hello or good morning in the elevator and I'm always like takes me back for a second <laughs> um yeah and it's beautiful I always go outside and I really like taking photos um and the sunset and sunrise every day is beautiful by the water because we live over in near Point Rustin mm-hmm. um and being able to see you know the water and Mount Rainier at the same time is mind-boggling to me it's beautiful yeah, and speaking of photography, um, I'm sure plenty of fans saw on Instagram over the weekend uh, your photography skills at the uh, food fair that uh, you and um, a couple other players were at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I made them all sit and pose because it was really good lighting, and yeah, ended up with some pretty cool photos. They all look beautiful, so I'm glad gotta, they all shared them. Got to do it for the gram, right? Yep, for the gram. Second career right there for you. <laughs> so, Darren, before uh, we let you go, is there anything you'd like to say to friends, family, Rain FC fans? Um, keep coming out and supporting us. Um, we really appreciate you guys. And, yeah, wish us luck this weekend. Perfect. Well, Darian, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. We're back. Susie, what did you take away from the interview with Darian Jenkins? Um, I, it was super, it was uh, real fun to get to know her a little bit more. And I just, she seems like a player that's super reflective and uh, thoughtful and is obviously just getting to be the best version of her as a soccer player under Vlatko. So just really cool to hear her talk about that experience. Yeah. Um... One, it was interesting to know that she was the one that requested the trade from yeah. uh, Carolina because she just wanted playing time. I mean, yeah. name us, name an NWSL player that doesn't want more playing time, really. Uh, so it was interesting to know that she was the one that initiated the trade and she, you know, got to go where she wanted to go. And yeah, there's been a little couple setbacks with uh, the hamstring injury, but, you know, we're hopeful that she'll be cleared to play in Friday's match at Utah Royals. The other thing I learned from her, from the chat we had, was she's she's not afraid to stamp her authority on some things. I mean, she's in charge of the Rain FC book club, but we also found out that she's in, she said she's going to be in charge of the Rain FC match day playlist. Yeah, she might have a little Hermione Granger in her. <laughs> Just keeping the, keeping the team going and operating and the person that helps get stuff done. Yeah, though I would be curious to see if her her authority on the match day playlist is going to extend to road matches as well. Cause yeah, I, that was funny to hear her reflect on. Yeah, it could be. I feel like it's going to be one of those things like if, if she's in that van, she's in charge of the players in that van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, so let's look at uh, this week's NWSL matches. First up on Friday night, we have Rain FC at Utah Royals. Um, I'm thinking 
I'm thinking the rain are going to win this one. I'm going to feel, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling confident too. It's crazy to think that um, rain are going into this with a six match unbeaten streak. Yeah. It hasn't quite felt like that, but yeah, um, yeah that's because draws don't feel moments. good. No. And some of those draws really felt like they should have been wins. So it almost feels like a loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, really encouraging. And to get their first points on the road, so, um, I think is important momentum for them. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Utah will have available in their 18, at least Scotland defender, Rachel Corsi. Yeah. And I know Vero was out um, last week as well. So I don't know how serious her injury is, but it'll be interesting to see about both of them. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think, and I'm pretty sure too, uh, Utah Royals FC head coach Laura Harvey will give Corsi all the time she wants to get back physically and mentally before, you know, playing in a game. But it would be interesting. That's kind of like an X factor. Is Corsi going to be available for them to surely shore up uh, Utah's back line? Yeah. So it's always valuable to get a starter back in there. Moving on Saturday, you have Washington Spirit hosting North Carolina Courage. Who? This is an interesting one. Yep. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with the Courage only because um, they had a break last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to feel rested and energized and maybe Washington needs a little break. I don't know. I'm going with Courage as well. I think the fact that Abby Urseg and Dabinia are back already in training with them is that bit of advantage uh, they get over Washington Spirit. And like you said, they had the weekend last weekend off. Yeah. Fully rested. Second Saturday uh, match, Houston, Houston Dash hosting Portland Thorns. Hmm. Houston's really struggled to score goals lately. Um, and Portland obviously did as well against Utah. And that was like one of the slowest games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, I was trying to pay attention to that game on my computer while I was watching, uh, the Seattle storm of the WNBA. Uh, yeah. Much more, much more active game. Yeah, Not exactly a fair <laughs> comparison in terms of like pace and everything. But when I was glancing at my computer monitor, I was watching the time go by. And then I look up at my TV to watch a storm game, go back to my computer, and it feels like 10 minutes for two minutes of game time <laughs> to move. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah, but I think Portland's probably going to figure it out a little bit against Houston, perhaps. So I'm going to go with Portland. I'm going to go with draw on that one. That's probably fair, too. Yeah. Yeah, just a draw. <laughs> Moving on. Last game of the weekend, you have Orlando Pride hosting Chicago Red Stars. Orlando getting their first win last last weekend against Sky Blue. Yep. Um, Haley Kottmeyer had a pretty standout performance in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, I, go, I got to go with Chicago on this. Yeah, I'll go with Chicago because based on what we saw with the injection of Savannah McCaskill there and the existing familiarity she had with Katie Johnson, I feel like a, a full week of training together, that partnership clicks a little bit better. Um, yeah, Orlando won last weekend, but 
they needed a sky blue own goal for that to happen. Yeah, and I think that where Orlando still has um, a little bit of a lack of depth is in the midfield, and that's where Chicago is obviously really strong. So, yeah, uh, as for as much of a problem that it is uh, for Chicago to score to get any uh, goals from anybody not named Sam Kerr, I feel like this could be that opportunity uh, match for them to get a goal or two. Moving on to the big one, the World Cup. We're in the quarterfinals now. We are recording. You know what? I realized I was saying Wednesday night earlier, where it's only Tuesday night. Oh my gosh, it is Tuesday. You're right. And I'm pretty sure I said Wednesday too when we were talking with Darian Jenkins because I have no idea what day or time it is anymore. I just totally thought it was Wednesday also. Well, (laughs) you're listening to this on Wednesday. Yeah. We we are professionals, people. (laughs) So we are recording this on a Tuesday night. Quarterfinals start on Thursday. First up, Norway versus England. Norway has super like been really impressive to me. I did not expect them to to be here, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still, however, think um, England has the upper hand. So I'm going to go with Jody Taylor in England. I'm going with Norway, and this probably is going to sound really petty, but. After the way the English media and some of England's players got on that high horse about uh, beating Cameroon in the round of 16 match, the pro clutching on all that stuff, no, you guys are not the villains. Yeah, they are totally the villains. Everybody was saying the U.S. dropping 13 on Thailand and the way they were celebrating were the villains. Nope. To me, it's England now. The way they were getting on their moral high horse about this, that, whatever – and some, um, yeah, I'm yeah. going for Norway. Go Norway. <clears throat> uh, I'll save the the quarterfinal match on Friday for last. Okay. Uh, on Saturday, you have the other quarterfinal matches. You have Italy versus Netherlands. Oh, I think it's a li- It's got to be a little scary for Italy that Leaky Martins finally scored her first goal of the tournament um today against japan uh-huh. um which just she hasn't been as scary as um i think people expected so mm-hmm. just think while netherlands is certainly vulnerable and japan so, showed that i just think they're riding too much momentum and i'm gonna go with netherlands yeah, I'm going to go with Netherlands, too. When Leake Martins finally scored, I tweeted, Makina Cook from the Nike end is probably saying, freaking finally. Yeah. I asked you if you were ready. Yeah, I asked you if you were ready. Now you show up. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think Netherlands uh, wins this one. Yeah. The other quarterfinal, you have Germany versus Sweden. Yeah, I think it's Germany. They've been they've been consistent. Um, Sweden got in past Canada in an impressive way, but uh, I still think this is Germany's win for sure. Yeah, I'm going with Germany as well. Um, I think this is the match where they finally bring back Jennifer Marzon because as somebody has told us, or at least 
posted on Twitter, you can totally get around a broken toe. Yeah. <laughs> One just special who said that. Yeah. And I feel like they've she's had enough rest and I'm pretty sure done enough rehab where I feel like she'll be pretty much telling the coach, like, I'm playing this because it's the quarterfinals. I'm feeling good. I've rested enough. So, yeah, I'm going to Germany on that one. All right. But then moving back to the day before the Saturday quarterfinals happened, you have the match we all thought was going to happen, and we're finally getting it. France versus the United States. Both teams going into this did not look good. <laughs> no, both teams eked out a win. Yep. Um, France, though, is going to be playing mm-hmm. in Paris mm-hmm. with the large, I assume, well, tons of USA traveling supporters, so it's not going to be a significant home field advantage. But mm-hmm. honestly, Jacob, I don't even know what to say for this one. I have no idea how this game is going to go. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're putting ourselves up bo- <clears throat> both on the spot on this one. And I feel like re- if we weren't talking about it right now, we would wait until Thursday night to fill out our prediction brackets. Yeah. But we're not doing that. We're recording a podcast right now. Uh, um, yeah, it's... Like, my heart tells me USA. Yeah. But my my gut is not in full agreement and only because I worry about the flank play of France and us not being able the USA not being able to um, handle that. So that's what worries me most about France. If, if our outside backs can really shut them down, it's I full confidence that USA will win. Yeah. I, I don't even think this match is going to be decided in 90 minutes. I feel like this match is going to go to extra time. And there I say it's going to go down to penalties. It's, it reminds me of the um, France-Germany quarterfinal last year, or last tournament, which was just such a good game, and you didn't really want any team to lose, and they ended up going to penalties as well. It's kind of what it feels like yeah. could happen. So, but we still got to get some predictions in because we know we have to fill out that bracket later on this week, but we could at least try and make one now. Do you want to go first or should I go first on making a prediction? Um, You go first because I'm going to tell my dog to stop barking. (laughs) Well, maybe your dog wants to make a prediction first. (laughs) Yeah. Should have one of those like hit this paw for, um, for France and this paw for USA. Let's see. I'll hold out my hands and whatever one she selects. Right hand is USA. Left hand is France. Okay, here we go. Here she comes. USA. Okay. Going with USA. You're going with USA. Yep. My dog Sam told me to. All right. Susie and Sam are going with USA. I'm going to go with France. All right. We'll see. We'll see if Sam or Jacob is right. Yeah. Oh, Riley had her say just now, too. <laughs> what did Riley say? I don't know. <laughs> she concurred with with her sister, I think. Okay. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, next episode is going to be a little bit different because, Susie, uh, this weekend you will actually be uh, getting ready to travel to France for the semifinals in the title game. I will. 
Yeah. So I'm going to be left here all alone on But we do have something in plans for next week's episode because next week on the NWSL calendar, it's that good old fashion rivalry between Rain FC and Portland Thorns FC. So something fun is going to, is in the works for that uh, episode. And I think uh, fans of both teams will enjoy listening to that one. Can't wait. Can't wait to tune in. Yep. So again, thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you later. Thanks everyone. Go rain.